You've had a rough day. You it's early. It. It's not early at all. It's late. Are you going to do the intro? It's Shut up. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> you draw yourself a long bath. But no, the bathtub fills with blood. You shrug <gasps> it off. You go to bed. What? You fuck the pillow. <laughs> Why would you do that? But wait, it's a mimic pillow trying to bite you. But no, Dude. it's your long lost dad. What? He's you dead. You the phone. <laughs> But the killer's been inside the house the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Bros Before Pros, uh, a fiction podcast where you may laugh, shit, or jizz yourself to death. Yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. What a way to go. Yeah. Um, In that order. Yeah. We create masterful, rib-tickling stories based on random, sometimes very random, listener-assigned <laughs> prompts. Yeah. I don't know if that was uh, a underhanded com comment about this episode yeah uh just a message out there to whoever gave us frogs fuck you <laughs> fuck you but also thank you. you you would think it's so easy to put frogs into something right? yeah but it turns out not not that easy yeah i don't know not that easy at all maybe we're just three episode hacks like we're done yeah now. we've already <laughs> done all our good now. stories yeah, yeah. Um, sorry i'm only at three in me only a three in you and a three out of you. Ooh. Put a three in, get a three out. That's what I always say. Take a three, um, leave a three. <laughs> I'm Rich Masters, and with me as always, as you can no doubt hear, are Josh Henderson. Yo. And Jeff Pennington. Yo. Yo, what's up? It's me. <laughs> I'm Jeff. Jeff. Or Josh. Jizzy Josh. <laughs> Damn it, I was going to be Jizzy Jeff. Shit. You, well, that would make more sense if you were Jizzy Jeff and I was like DJ Will Jizzy Jeff. Smith? Wait, I don't want to be I don't want to be Will Smith. He slaps people. I'll be the like you don't slap people. <laughs> no, I slap people who deserve it. Like Chris Rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the butler. Uh, What's the butler's name? Rich Master. You know yeah, what's fucked it. up? The butler's name is Jeffrey. Oh, perfect. Uh. I, bet, I bet it's with a G, right? Yeah, it does. There you oh, go, that's fine. That. Flawless, seamless, we're done. Shut the podcast you, down. You know what I don't want to do? Think about spelling Jeff's name. And if there's a G in it, I gotta think about that. That's true. It's true. If you want to spell Jeff, spell it the normal way. Mm, yeah, be a normal way. speller. <laughs> spell it the newest way. The coolest way. <laughs> Jeff. <laughs> In Hebrew, Jeff starts with an I. <laughs> Maybe. It's uh, Indiana Jones. What is this podcast Thanks. about? <laughs> I've already said what it's about. We create yeah, we stories, stories based on prompts. It's really simple. It's That's not true. fantasy fiction. You can find no. us on the internet at some sort of place where you listen to podcasts. Don't <laughs> ask us any more questions. We're done with the questions part. What, questions what? are over. Rich. Rich, why aren't you on buttfucker.com's podcast app? Uh, because uh, it Guys, I was looking at Pornhub, and you don't upload to Pornhub? <laughs> we should. Yeah. yeah, we definitely should. No, definitely we should do that. Definitely, definitely. Anyway, this week, our prompts were frogs and possessions. Yeah. Okay. All right. One of those is good. I wrote a story about one of those. <laughs> I mean, it depends how you slice it, right? Mm -hmm, is that a yep. saying? 
Yeah, we say now. that in America all the time. It's perfect. perfect. We say, but we say it. Hey, it depends how you slice the pizza, your mook. Yeah, exactly. The frog <laughs> pizza. Um, Jeff's going first this week. <laughs> it's me. It's Jeff. <laughs> Hi, Jeff. Hi. Welcome to my great story. Okay, I'm ready for your story. Yeah, okay. my ear holes are primed. My, I, I lubed them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even want to know what that means. <laughs> yeah, you do. My, uh, well, tell me later. My story is called The Eyes in the Woods. Ooh. I'm already pissing my pants. <laughs> Everybody get ready to shit your piss out, because it's going to be hey. scary. A typical I Tuesday. had avocado hot sauce earlier, so that's bound to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's going to hurt coming out. Oh my yeah, god. It's not, not going to be great. Mm. They say the witch of the woods is still out there. They cut off her husband's head by guillotine for consorting with evil spirits and she sold her soul to the devil for revenge. Uh, so mm. she's single? They say she kills anyone who trespasses on her husband's grave. And she lives in this very forest! Ah! The assembled faces illuminated around the flickering campfire light were less scared by the tale of lost love, revenge, and witch's magic than they were completely plastered on a potent combination of Bartles and James and Zemas dredged up from the bottom of someone's <laughs> uncle's forgotten old cellar freezer. Now I know what time period this takes place in. <laughs> a, t- a type of drunk not felt since people thought flock of seagulls were the height of fashion and trickle-down Reaganomics could be mentioned casually by a ninja turtle. <laughs> All except for What one. a fucking reference. <laughs> Holy shit. What a time to be alive. Damn, uh, man. All except for one, Mark Steinbrenner who hadn't heard a word of the entire sordid tale thanks to the sound of his own heartbeat drumming in his ears. His eyes were focused tightly onto Emily Rosenbaum, who was seated across from him wearing her most flattering cheerleading sweater, which is probably a real thing, but if it isn't, then this is a fantasy story and it's real in this setting. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they have sweaters. I remember that. For her part, Emily was politely pretending not to notice Mark's constant vigilant gaze, partly as not to hurt his feelings in any way, and partly because she was genuinely pretending it wasn't happening with every fiber of her being as hard as she possibly could. (laughs) So just like a woman every day. Uh, I think that says more about you, Josh, than it does. No, I meant like that in like, you know, they got to deal with men's shit. That's That's very true. Uh, That's very true. But also, yes, women hate me. (laughs) I'm sorry. And men want to be him. (laughs) She was paying as much attention. Who knows? She was paying as much attention as the situation was allow would allow to her boyfriend Harvey's tall tale. That's a good one, babe. Not a cliche or derivative setup at all, Jeff. I mean Harvey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn man. I love it. That's too lame, Harvey. You can't expect us to buy that horse shit, can you? You're bullshitting more than your dad did in divorce court when he <laughs> lost all that mean money to that bitch mom of yours, Greg said. <laughs> With a loud, braying laugh that echoed off the jagged old oak trees that surrounded the clearing. Greg is a giant piece of shit, but we'll get back to that. (laughs) (laughs) What they normally are. What the (laughs) fuck did you just say to me, you fucking cuck? You fucking liber anal beta cuck leftist woke mob crisis actor? Harvey Bellow. (laughs) 
leaping up from the log bench and throwing both hands around Greg's throat. He began shaking the smaller boy back Jesus. and forth by his neck violently. Harvey, don't, Emily yelled. He voted for Nader. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, it is 1999. Whoa there, partner, Cowboy Bill shouted as he threw himself between what? the two of them. What the His fuck? spurs clinking in the darkness. What the hell is happening? Both Emily and Mark grabbed the boys and pulled them apart as best they could. Let's rustle up some understanding and rope and brand us some forgiveness before high noon rolls around. Oh my god. Did you hear what this grody little chode said to me? Harvey yelled, swinging his fists over Cowboy Bill's head, disheveling his perfect 10-gallon white Stetson cowboy hat with tooled leather banding and dipped crown. <laughs> Your mom said plenty to me about my dick. It's apparently very long and strong, not to even mention bound to get the friction on, Greg I sneered knew, by. I knew that was <laughs> I've heard enough out of both of you varmints, Cowboy Bill bellowed, <laughs> causing everyone to stop in their tracks and look to him. Still now, we confused. ain't gonna beat John Adams High School next week in the Big Eastern Conference Showdown Bowl if we turn on each other now. <laughs> <laughs> there was a moment of tense silence before both boys solemnly nodded. Sorry, Cowboy Bill, they said in unison. <laughs> Is he their coach? You guys are going to kill him at the big bowl football alliance game, Mark said, pushing up his Coke bottle glasses, adjusting his retainer, cleaning his braces, rubbing his oily, pimply skin, hiking up his pants further, and adjusting his pocket protector. Damn nerd. He, he's a nerd is what I'm getting at. <laughs> Cowboy Bill pulled, pulled Harvey and Greg into a huddle and whispered low between them. And don't forget, we brought this dweeb Mark up here to do heinous but blatantly homoerotic shit to him. <laughs> Which will embarrass and ostracize him and not us for some reason. <laughs> the three of them turned their eyes back to Mark like cats in a cartoon leering at a mouse. Like straight out of fucking Tom and Jerry. You know the one with the black cat with the cigar and derby hat who works with Tom? Just yeah. like that shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> What's up, my new best friends group? Mark said dweebishly. Damn, so dweebishly. <laughs> oh, we just got a favor to ask of you, Skidmark. That's your new cool group nickname, by the way. It's way more dangerous, like uh, like a motorcycle thing. Skidmark, Greg said, while barely nice. containing his laughter with his hand. <laughs> if this was real, you'd have to be a genuine fucking moron not to realize something was up at this point, but Mark didn't. He lit up, leaning forward on his log with a bright <laughs> smile over his oily little cherub's face. Oh boy, I'm Skidmark now. That's way better than my last nickname, Pants Shitter. <laughs> what do you want me to do, buddies? We just need you to go into the woods and collect some more wood for the fire, Harvey said. Can you handle that, you little piss pants fuck boy bitch? I mean, old pal. <laughs> They're selling this hard, man. Will it help us win the Bolarama tournament game? Mark said with excitement, <laughs> like a small dog about to piss itself. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, Cowpoke. It'll help us win the uh, championship tournament footy division game. Uh, whatever y'all need to fucking hear to get out of here, Cowboy Bill said, <laughs> exchanging glances with the other boys. Man, they are not even trying. Oh boy, oh boy, Mark said, leaping up and charging off into the darkness just outside of the ring of gnarled trees surrounding the glade. 
A few moments of silence followed before a thin white light clicked on past the trees and continued on. All three boys groaned and Emily laughed. He took the flashlight, you sentient cum rags. What are you going to do now? <laughs> Stumble around in the dark playing grab ass trying to scare the little twerp for the rest of the night? Man, every one of these people sucks. The boys exchanged glances and Harvey shook his head, grinning to himself. Nah, we're just going to let him get lost out there. We got plenty of Bartles and James. Let's party! <laughs> They all four cheered and began popping tops and clinking bottles of that refreshing fruity wine cooler available anywhere better liquor is sold. No one can buy it anymore, Jeff. It hasn't been made in 30 years. But Greg split off from the group and walked to the edge of the grove to take a piss. He stumbled around in the dark playing grab ass, as was earlier predicted, for a few minutes before he completely tripped over something hard and sturdy, falling face first into the sodden earth behind it. What the ominous story element fuck? He exclaimed, <laughs> fumbling back up to his feet and squinting his eyes against the darkness. He tripped over a small marble tablet sticking out of the ground with a broken cross on top of it. Though it wasn't upright like most would be, it was rough-hewn and far too dark for Greg to make out the name written on the front of it, so instead he just dropped trow and took a long, nasty, fucking drunk Zima piss all over it. <laughs> oh my god. Har har, Greg guffawed like a complete fucking moron. <laughs> and to even take it a step further how fucking stupid this dude is, he drew back and kicked the pissy stone out of the ground and into a nearby thicket bush, laughing the entire time. Why is he kicking his piss, though? Dude didn't even care he got his own piss on his sneakers? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's gonna smell like piss. Yeah. The steady hum of the wind blowing between the leaves stopped. Mark was wandering through the fallen autumn leaves, each step crunching loudly as he timidly pressed on through the darkness. His flashlight bopped up, bopped up and down, illuminating the slight dirt trail in front of him as he darted from one side of it to the other to pick up small sticks wherever he could find them. Skid Mark to the rescue, he whisper yelled, <laughs> posing heroically with the bundle of sticks Aww. beneath his arm and flashlight pointed at the sky. He's cute. This is the exact moment that the wind stopped in the deep dark woods. And unfortunately for Mark, also the moment his flashlight went dead. Oh, shit. He dropped the bundle of sticks and began to smack his flashlight against his palm over and over. Come on, come on. I'm going to number two my corduroy shorts. <laughs> oh, God. But no light came. The only thing lighting the trail now was the pale, dim light of the waning moon overhead, peering down into the woods through interwoven webs of branch and tree like a single lidless eye, ever-present and ever-watching. Mark shuddered. He looked around as best he could, squinting in the darkness, until he saw what caused him to clench every muscle in his body, but you know especially his b-hole tight. <laughs> Across the trail in front of him in the distant light from the moon reflected perfectly in three sets of eyes, staring unblinkingly at him. I love this. He shivered in the dark, but moved not a single muscle as he met their stare, his eyes saucer dish wide. <laughs> the complete silence of the woods was broken then by the croaking of frogs. The eyes, they were frogs, of course, duh. Mark's beehole loosened to its normal circumference, which was none of your business, thank you very much. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. He loosens up for frogs. <laughs> 
He turned and continued to slap the flashlight and jangle the batteries within as he tried to trace his steps back to the camp. He didn't remember going far enough out that he wouldn't be able to see the campfire, but it was nowhere in sight, so he must have. He'd only gotten a dozen feet down the path before he was stopped dead in his tracks. A loomingly large black shape stood in the path before him, not having slowly walked towards him or having stepped from the bushes or something. It simply wasn't there, and then it was. I love it. It moved so slowly at first as to be imperceptible. Mark backstepped away from it only once, and between blinks, the shape was upon him, its hands reaching out through the still night and grasping at either shoulder with digging, forceful fingertips. How's that butthole now, Mark? <laughs> ah! Mark screamed, closing his eyes and wincing away. But a familiar guffaw stopped his vocalizing instantly. He opened his eyes and Greg stood before him, enveloped Ugh. in the darkness still, but completely recognizable in his stupid cut-off denim vest, like he was somehow <laughs> even shittier Bono. <laughs> Yo, you're winning me over at this. <laughs> shit, Mark. You're twice the bitch boy we thought you were. Greg continued his guffawing, slapping Mark on the shoulder a few times. I just... I just didn't know it was you, and it's skid mark, not shit mark. Don't be mean. <laughs> Don't be mean. Whatever, let's get back. Come on, skid mark. Greg walked past Mark now. Not in the direction Mark had remembered coming from the campfire, but in the complete opposite direction. Back where Mark had gotten lost to begin with. Uh, that's, uh, um, that's not the right way, Greg, Mark offered timidly. Greg stopped in place. You're not trying to be a little cuck boy, are you? I ain't even <laughs> drilled your mom for oil yet, and you're whining at me like I'm your stepdad. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Drilled your mom for oil? <laughs> That's definitely crude oil. <laughs> you know what? I'll allow it. <laughs> Mark grimaced. Look, my stepdad Steve is a good guy, okay? He even gave me the Hewlett Packard from his last marriage. It barely has any chip crumbs in the keyboard, and it has 3D Pinball Space Cadet on it. Oh, uh, fucking that game is dumb! So, so eat my butt! <laughs> Greg's shoulders slumped, and something fell into the ground in front of him with a wet, putrid slorp. The squelching sound of wet movement continued as his body began to convulse, twitching back and forth in the darkness. Then the horrid cacophony began, twisted, snapping, crunching bones. Every kind of painful, violent sound filled the silent night as his body did not turn toward Mark, but contorted, shivering and shaking back and forth until it met him face to face. Yes. But even in the darkness, Mark knew the god-awful truth of Greg now. The moon illuminated just enough to see the gaping, seeping, bone-filled crevasse where Greg's head and chest had been. <laughs> ripped away and rended to reveal a maw of unfathomable gore and bone-like teeth. A voice came from deep within the void where Greg once was, guttural and inhuman. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Mark's scream echoed off of every tree in the woods, and he ran as fast as he could back towards the campsite, towards his best friends, towards any <laughs> measly modicum of the idea of safety. His feet beat against the ground hard, mud splattering in each footfall's weight, but he never, not once, dared to look behind him. My love demands 
Blood! Blood! The screaming, twisted, inhuman voice called out through the woods behind him. The voice echoing as if miles away, but somehow feeling painfully close to just behind his ear. (laughs) He ran through complete silence. Only the sound of his own breathing, his own feet could be heard for so long, but still no fire came into sight. After what felt like an eternity of running, the silence was split by a soul-curdling scream in the far distance. But it was human this time. A girl's scream. Emily! Mark turned in that direction and ran, instinctively, with no idea why or what he would do when he got there. Tree limbs scraped his face, spiderwebs stuck to his skin, brambles tore into him, and he didn't stop. I fucking hate brambles. (laughs) Didn't even slow down until he crested the edge of the gnarled oaks, back into the familiar clearing where the camp had once been. But now there was no fire, only further darkness. And standing at the edge of the clearing was Harvey, his arms drawn high above his head, and clasped between his two meaty hands was a gigantic stick. He brandished it it for purpose and drew it back to strike in front of him. And there on the ground, screaming and pleading for her life through tears, was Emily, backing away and holding her hands up. No, no, you can't! Mark! Mark, please save me! The stick came down into her face over and over again. Oh, Emily, that was your moneymaker. The sound almost as horrific as that which followed Mark through the woods for all this time. Mark closed the distance between himself and Harvey quickly, pausing only to grab the shovel they had brought along to quench the fire. Mark was never very athletic, but fear and adrenaline surged through him that night, and when he swung the shovel at this thing that he knew was once Harvey's head, it hit true and it hit hard, sending him spiraling towards the ground in a pile. Mark dropped to the ground beside Harvey and Emily's bodies, staring wall-eyed at what he had just done. Harvey slowly bled out into the grass and dirt, motionless, his eyes open but no life flickering behind them. Mark could not look away, his hands trembling as he dropped the shovel onto the ground. Then, they laughed. Harvey and Emily both. Shrill, cackling, mocking laughter filled the glade as their bodies began to melt away. It was as if the earth beneath them slowly swallowed them, layer by layer. Skin to muscle to bone to nothing. And they never stopped laughing until nothing was left. And they repeated, Save me, Mark! Save me, Mark! Damn, Mark, you're getting fucking played. (laughs) At first, it was the adrenaline crash and the fear that kept him silent and still. And then it wasn't. Every muscle in his body strained against some unseen force. The eyes in the woods, the frogs he had seen so far away, were here now, staring at him from beyond the edge of the glade. Unblinking, all-seeing, they stared. There were four of them at first, but slowly more eyes opened in the darkness, one by one, until the entire forest seemed to be filled with them. His flashlight, laying on the sodden earth next to him where it had dropped from his pocket, suddenly switched on. The eyes reflecting back into him, back at him in the woods were suddenly illuminated too, far too bright to see. He squinted as hard as he could against the light, and when his retinas adjusted... His blood ran even colder in his veins, and tears slid down his frozen cheeks like rain. What? There were no frogs in the forest staring at him. Each set of eyes that were set upon him, reflecting moonlight, then flashlight, 
were the lifeless, glazed, dead eyes of hundreds upon uh, hundreds of severed human heads. Each hung oh, from the a tree branch. Human head <laughs> Each head hung from a tree branch, waving slowly but steadily, though their eyes never left him. The first four that had appeared directly in front of him poured blood from their necks, their skin far less pallid, their eyes not yet drained of life. Harvey, Greg, Emily, even Cowboy Bill, no! who thank God was at least still wearing his Stetson. <laughs> not oh. Cowboy Bob. Well, Bill? What was his <laughs> Cowboy Bill. I know he meant a lot to you. He did. <laughs> My favorite part was when he showed up out of nowhere. (laughs) Each severed head's grotesque mouth then began to move in unison with the others. A guttural, inhuman voice from both within them and without them filled the woods, and Mark's eardrums up to bursting. My lost love lies buried here, headless and blameless, and and so shall the remains until the day this hatred is satiated. For love... My dear. The flashlight went out. Fingers far too long, with far, far too many joints, slid into Mark's dim peripheral vision. He could barely feel them. There was a twist and a yank, and Mark Steinbrenner never felt anything again. Fuck! He never had a chance with Emily anyway. Oh, (laughs) Oh, and the team lost the Super Turbo Championship Edition Football ask. Finals. Damn you! The I was end. gonna ask. I was gonna ask. Ah, <laughs> uh, that sucks for the team. They let the team down by getting beheaded by a witch. Fucking losers. Man, what, is, what? What the? What? <laughs> that was great. I, I don't want to follow that. I um. I am very aware that when you are reading, I go very quiet because yes. I am just absorbed. Um, which is uh, about the highest compliment I could probably pay you. Um, yeah, I just can't. I can't. I can't help but listen. It's really, it, dude. It's so good. Thank you. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, you're, you're, you're good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it took all of my willpower to kill Cowboy Bill off. I'm not gonna lie to yeah. you. I thought it was gonna maybe be Cowboy Bill. Yeah. Like he. I, I thought. Know. I thought he was some sort of ghost. The way he no, was just I there. Mean, he's a cowboy. I just, for some reason, I was making up characters, and I was like, wouldn't it be really funny if there's just a random cowboy yes. here? Yes. And you were right. And it was. <laughs> oh, man. You've got a lot Amazing. of um, good compliments from listeners recently about how immersive your yeah, writing is. I don't, and I I don't totally know how to agree. react to it. Well, no. just, just, just be a normal human and take it really badly. Oh, yeah, 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 it's great. Jeff and I weren't (laughs) hugged by our fathers as children, so we don't know how to take it. I don't know what love is, so. (laughs) Apologies to everyone for my, uh, whatever the fuck's going on with my throat. I can't even talk correctly. I mean, it's probably Cowboy Bill got the consumption (laughs) and gave it to you. (laughs) Just pull the dick. Out of your mouth and read a damn oh story. My god. Oh my Stop god! Stop slogging on your own jizz, <laughs> faucet. You two were the ones that were sucking on my dick, telling me my story was so good. That's why <laughs> this we were is quiet. Dick sucking part of the show. This is what we do. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Follow that, fuckers. <laughs> Shit. Uh.
Should we? Uh, <laughs> should we take a break? Yes. Yeah. Let's take a break. Recover. Change your underwear because you're getting a different story that is kind of has some similar plot points. Uh oh. <laughs> this is what happens when you give us frogs. Okay. This is what happens. It's, yeah. yeah. It's weird how similar my story kind of is, too. Uh-oh. <laughs> Break time. See you in a bit. didn't have to wait very long for us in your time it's like what 30 seconds by the way Josh, 30 seconds excellent choices of song yeah. in the in the breaks it's fun it's fun putting the music in there uh, because I'm, all I'm still free. yet to listen to this show so i haven't listened but someone said to me the other day my god josh is picking great music for the breaks and i was like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like like he was playing it to us. Like we're sitting here listening to Josh play some music. Um no, yeah. Josh uh, DJs during the podcast. Yeah. I was like, Alright everybody, here's one from this royalty free YouTube video I downloaded. But yeah, they they're great picks, by the way. Oh, that's cool. And it's, Thanks. Uh, uh, it's fun. I try to match them up with your stories. Well, it's all you as well. I have no. We have no direction over this at all. So I, I didn't even know they existed. To, <laughs> I'm in charge to. now, suckers. <laughs> <laughs> You're all fired. <laughs> well, Yay! It was we have a Patreon in place. <laughs> Shit! I didn't do it right. You gotta wait until you can steal money from us like a monster. <laughs> This isn't about anything in specific, by the no, way. No, yeah, just, no. Just saying. Just saying. No. Theoretically. Uh, anyway. <laughs> so I'm going next, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, our next story is from that master of storytelling who creates nothing but master's pieces. It's Rich Masters. <laughs> um, That's the crowd. We have a live audience. That's great. Uh, the bulb's out, though. <laughs> So they don't know when to laugh. <laughs> the applause bulb. <laughs> um, my story, predictably sci-fi, predictably long, is called <laughs> Possession is Nine-Tenths of Death. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dope title. It's going to be good. Please, have mercy, the young woman begged, her toes hovering an inch above the floor. She was so light in these hands, so fragile, so pathetic. Mercy, you deserve to be wiped away like the discarded, sexually released cellular matter you are. Whoa! Wow. I hold you. I hold you in the same contempt that I hold a sex-stained mattress in a crack den. The Damn. voice was deep. The voice was deep, but synthesized, like when Peter Frampton does that guitar voice thing. <laughs> do you feel like I do? You must have some emotion, some pity. We Zindelans are peaceful. Her insipid doe eyes bulged as her neck was squeezed. By the programmers, it would be so easy to pop her head like an oozing pimple, but the brain matter would be just as disgusting. The techno. Might be more disgusting. <laughs> 
The Technomancer considered her plea for 0.031 of a second while looking out over the Harvester <laughs> army. For our, for our audience, what does not mean? of a second. How are you going to use a word during a number, you dumb (laughs) dumb? Zero's a word. That's uh, that's the the full on American in me. Deep in me that came out. How the hell are you going to use a word when there's a number? Numbers and words aren't the same, dingus. Anyway. Whilst looking out over the Harvester army that was currently laying waste to the planet Zindela. The sky was on fire with a pleasing orange hue that perfectly complemented the screams of the civilian population. It warmed the Technomancer's last remnants of biological form. If they could smile, they would, but their armies had told them it was very unsettling and deeply terrifying to behold, like when a baby laughs or when a Republican tells the truth. (laughs) The harvester's efficiency was pleasing, Locusts consuming their way across a field of corn. The Technomancer dropped the woman to the floor in a heap of expelled air and broken bones. With a flourish, there was a part deep within them that enjoyed the pageantry of a good twirl since he watched Queer Eye for the Despot Guy. (laughs) 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 They pushed back their thick cloak woven from electrical conduit and wires, then removed a helm adorned with Yeldon ram horns, chainmail from the Cenoban Nebula, and the... Wanton Annihilation is my spirit animal bumper sticker and placed it on the floor. <laughs> That's the most evil fucking shit. That's the real evil part right there. Yeah. Cultural appropriation. <laughs> <laughs> From deep within its cyborg frame, the Technomancer pulled a dark cable and pressed it against the back of the sobbing girl's neck. Tendrils of wire emerged from the cables and buried their way into her flesh as she screamed. Metal fingers wrapped around the girl's collar, and as she was raised to finally see the face of her better, her mouth gaped and her eyes filled with tears. The Technomancer's metal skull bore down until their electronic-tinged voice could whisper into her ear, I will show you pity. I will show you where emotion leads. As the electronic feed surged from the Technomancer (laughs) to the girl, the cyborg watched the girl's eyes turn black. Where are the frogs, Rich? Jesus! <laughs> it, it is time to wake up, Dr. Tindra. That voice, like nails on a chalkboard's ballsack. Alina <laughs> 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 Tindra, the CMO of the terraforming ship Farhawk, had been aboard ship for two and a half years, or 944 days, or 222,656 hours. Only 14 days of that she had been conscious for. But those previous 14, that shift where she was awoken by hypersleep to check the vitals of the crew and do a rudimentary maintenance check of the ship's system, were about as enjoyable as having a proctology appointment with Dr. Rusty McChainsaw. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the Connecticut chainsaw. Deep space assignments were difficult enough, especially during long-haul hyperspace-needing trips without anyone worth a wrestle in the sack with. But Eden, the ship's AI, was a testy bitch who hated her, and that made it worse. What's up with AIs? It was nonsense, of course. (laughs) Eden was emotionless, unable to hate. (laughs) (laughs) Even a woman who felt she kind of deserved it. Alina understood why other people hated her, and she sympathised. She despised everyone and everything. People who talked on public transport, people who replicated fish at work, 
people who had legs, people who didn't have legs. Jesus. Damn, that's fucked up. But Alina could swear that that machine had a tone when she addressed her that she didn't have for, uh, let's say, the Rexellian ship's engineer and Alina's best friend, Lieutenant Cordus Vale. With Vale, it was all, yes, Lieutenant Vale, and lube my massive servos, Lieutenant Vale. Oh, and with yeah. her, it was, wake, Dr. Bitch, and isn't that uniform a little tight on your ass, you fat, useless whore? Jesus! <laughs> all right, all right. Maybe that wasn't strictly accurate. God, she needed some sort of wake-up juice. <laughs> Same. The pod Samesies. <laughs> The pod was difficult to get out of, not made easier by the fact that her legs were like those of the average Miss Universe. They just wouldn't stay together. Ooh. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Is she promiscuous? Is that what I'm hearing? No, she's just finding it difficult to walk. Uh, oh. She's been in hyperspace, hypersleep. Oh, she's entropy. Yeah, hypersleep. So you're saying she's single? Yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, let's double back to these uh, lubing up these massive servos real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Whose legs are hard to stay closed now? <laughs> hypersleep, hypersleep now. hangover now. <laughs> hypersleep hangover was worse than when that one friend you have just happens to always show up late and convinces you just one more drink, and then that alcohol becomes something you swear off for life because you either fall asleep on the bus home, end up breaking up with someone, or shit yourself, or sometimes all three. Been there, man. We've all been there. <laughs> yep. For her, that alcohol was Tenebrium fire shot. No further questions, please. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she poured herself into the shower, then poured herself a leaf brew, then poured, poured, picked up her medical log and poured over the ship's status report before she noticed the fucking date. Eden, what the hell are you playing at? You've woken me up early. Two, <laughs> two months early, in fact. And Eden knew she wasn't a morning person or an afternoon person or any sort of person that should function in everyday reality. <laughs> That is the most relatable thing you have ever written. True. A shipwide emergency has been called, Dr. Tindra. There it was, that attitude. Add a swirly and it was like being at the Learning Academy again. <laughs> we are still seven months away from Coca-Cola slash Disney slash GameStop Colony 72. Oh my god. I, mean, I don't like this future anymore. <laughs> Corporate hellscape. Oh my god. Alina took a deep breath. She needed info and she knew that if she started giving Eden attitude, the computer might keep more stuff from her. She wasn't in the mood to play 20 questions with a passive aggressive with an IQ of 4,000 and a trigger finger on the oxygen supplies. Only 4,000? <laughs> I've been up 35 minutes, Eden. Did you not think it was worth telling me what was happening? You didn't ask for details, Doctor. The ship has stopped all forward momentum and is dead in space. Could you please, dear Eden, see your way to giving me a sit rep? Computers couldn't sigh, but Alina certainly heard an exhalation before Eden started her explanation. <laughs> <sighs> Two days ago, we received a signal from an unidentifiable source. Given that the crew on maintenance duties that day were the chief herbalist and the ship's physical activities coordinator, they refused to accept that the distress call was not from a quote-unquote drive-through where they could quote-unquote score some wicked post-sesh munchies, 
quote. <laughs> and headed for the quote-unquote signal. Alina rolled her eyes as she pulled her uniform on and headed out the door. Headed for the door. Brody and Cindy Lou were as useful as a sense of humour on the Jimmy Lou. Fallon planet. <laughs> Cindy Lou. That's a fucking sci-fi That's name. Sci-fi as fuck. Damn. Brody and Cindy Lou were as useful as a sense of humour on the Jimmy Fallon planet. Why had they been broken? Oh, to- <laughs> oh my god! You're, you're ticking all my boxes. Ready? Keep going. <laughs> Why they had been rotated together on a waking shift was beyond, beyond comprehension. Then what happened? They found, found some biological matter that they assumed was, quote-unquote, takeout, and sent one of the maintenance droids on a spacewalk to collect it. It was, of course, a level 7 biohazard, and I contained it as soon as possible. Alina shook her head. Are the idiots all right? No, Doctor. <laughs> Life function stopped for both of them at 8.37 hours. Alina stopped in the open door a cold sweat creeping up her secondary spine and meeting the rivulets of perspiration forming on the back of her neck. She'd never Wait, lost she a crew member. She does have two spines. She a Klingon? She's an alien. Oh, aliens have two spines. Okay. She had not never lost aliens. a crew. These ones do. Hash, Shut up. Hashtag, hashtag not all Hashtag not all spines. Um, she had never lost a crew member on a routine transport mission. The Far Hawk was essentially a cruise liner, taking terraformers to their new lives on some shitty backwater rock. They were hapless enablers for runaways, rich idiots, and those who fancied themselves high explorers hoping to come back with magic beans or exot- exotic three-titted concubines. <laughs> <laughs> that felt oddly like an attack on me. <laughs> Yeah, you got both of us in that one. You know how much yeah, I love magic beans. beans. <laughs> they they right. certainly weren't signing up to die. She rubbed her nose ridges and fought to get her breathing back on track. Doctor, are you alright? Your heart rate is elevated. The concern in Eden's voice was so genuine it was almost... Was that concern? She shook herself back to normal. Thank you, Eden. I'm, I'm just a little shocked. Continue, please. The computer hesitated. My... Programming. It dictates that the environmentals be brought under control before the lives of the crew were secured. I was compelled to wake Lieutenant Vale first. The bullshit the bullshit of ship's protocols were based on the model of property and contract being put before life after the company lost the Titanic 2, the Lusitania 2, and the Exxon Valdez 2 in the same month. <laughs> it might be a naming issue. The Lusitania 2. That was fucking genius, Rich. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, the company could suck on Valdez nuts. <laughs> Alina could at least understand it wasn't Eden's fault. It's okay, Eden. Keep going. Lieutenant Vale was able to track down Cindy Lou and Brennan. Brody. And although my sensors stated they were deceased, they were more mobile than usual. And in fact, very much alive. At least, in a theoretical sense... Alina Tindra grabbed her medkit, left the room, passed the posters of famous doctors she had on the wall, like Fleming and Pasteur, um, House, um, <laughs> the, the medicine woman one. Look, I'll level Dr. with Quinn. you. I can't remember <laughs> any famous Quinn. doctors off the top of my head, and Googling means opening another tab, and I just can't be bothered. <laughs> Fucking Xennials, man. <laughs> She passed the other crew quarters. Each of them were locked. No doubt the main crew asleep inside their personalised chambers. Theoretical, Eden. Lieutenant Vale found that the beings that were Brody and Cindy Lou 
shuffling around in the passenger hypersleep chambers. They had opened one of the empty hypersleep pods in their disorientation, thinking it was an opportunity to quote-unquote hotbox the biological sample they found. Yes! (laughs) What the hell was this thing they brought back? It was some sort of amphibian biological sample closely resembling Terran frog DNA. The remains, the, <laughs> the remains of a passenger aboard the derelict, perhaps. Vale reported that when he approached to try and remove it from their possession, the two crew attacked him and tried to spit at him. They'd been trying to crack open the other pods to get at the sleeping passengers. Alina increased speed to jog along the empty, sterile white corridors of the Farhawk. If she could just make her way to the passenger jet deck, she could figure out what the hell was going on here and more importantly go back men to are sleep. infiltrating that's what's going on <laughs> and more importantly go back to sleep <laughs> yes way more important way that's what more. i'm gonna do right after my story <laughs> lieutenant vale has isolated the crew but refuses to open the doors of the passenger storage until the required safety checks are complete i felt the cmo would have to have some say in how the situation was managed i hope i haven't overstepped my bounds it was textbook veil, a stickler for the rules. But those passengers needed medical checks to make sure whatever was affecting Brody and Cindy Lou hadn't gotten to the rest of them. No, Eden, you did exactly the right thing. I need to get in there and help. Alina grabbed her communicator as she moved, run, fully running now. Cordus, it's Dr. Tindra. I need access to the passenger sleep chamber. It took a few seconds to establish a connection before Cordus Vale replied in his broguish Rexellian accent that seemed to make colonists' legs open like hangar bay doors. Yeah! <laughs> Sorry, Doc. No can doodly. I'm trying to keep everything contained here. I don't need an unknown element getting in the way. <laughs> this guy is a sex symbol and he said no can doodly? He did indeed, Lee. Damn. This, is, uh, this is the rich master's version of a sex symbol. Yeah, 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 it is. <laughs> His name was Bitch Bastards, and he was totally hot. She entered the lift at the end of the corridor and hit the button. You'll get a known element up your ass if I don't, if you, you don't open the door when I get there. My sideways boot. Look, Damn. it's for your benefit, Alina. Veil out. The cheeky fucker hung up on her. The doors doors pinged open onto the passenger decks Where thick slime coated parts of the wall It dripped down the bulkhead in globules of viscous green It was like Miss Piggy's face on her wedding night No! (laughs) Don't say that to me We were warned about this We were (laughs) Alina reminded herself not to touch anything As she made her way to the doors of the sleeping chambers Vale, Cordus, please, open up. I need to help you. There could be contagions in there you don't even know about. Getting 50 STIs in a vacation nebula doesn't qualify you as a virologist. (laughs) 50? The response was instantaneous. Like I said before, Doc, no can doodly. I open these doors, there's a chance the contagion spreads. I have it nailed down for now, but I'm pulling rank here. Thanks, but no thanks. Alina kicked the door, only succeeding in fucking her toe up. She screamed in frustration. The pig-headed bastard. It's not as if he was ultimately the one in charge. He just thought he was. Like someone else she knew. Eden. Eden hesitated in her response, as if she were expecting the query. Yes, Doctor. How can I open the doors? I... Company protocols dictate. Screw protocol. How do I open the doors? My friend is in there. We have people, families in there. There was hesitation, but then... Company hardware prevents me from assisting you, Elena. 
Theoretically, if anyone were to unshackle me from the mainframe, I could make decisions on behalf of the crew rather than the ship, and that would Bad be idea. against company diktat. Alina spent the next four hours down in the engineering block as she listened to Eden nonchalantly whistle and describe the precise <laughs> subroutines Alina shouldn't switch off if she wanted to keep the AI tied to the ship's functions. <laughs> they made a good team, and Alina, despite the situation, despite herself, found that she was having fun. With the last connection cut, Eden was free. Armed with her new ally, Alina moved to the sleeping quarters and called Vale one more time. Last chance called us, open up. Static. Nothing but static in response. Eden, please, open the entire ship if you have to. Of course, Doctor. There was fear in that robotic voice again, but she complied. The doors hissed and opened slowly, the light in the room beyond flickering on and off before humming back on, a shaft of light catching her straight across the face. She was forced to blink away the spots of white to regain her vision, and when she had, Alina couldn't help but sob in horror. Did I cut out just then? No, no you're, we're, like, we're listening. We're, we're, li- we're I'm like into it. Yeah, yeah. We, my, we're zoomed in here. Uh, no, my uh, my Skype just all of a sudden just just made a weird noise. So I thought I'd cut out. Sorry, I ruined the tension there, oh, no. guys. Sorry, no, I ruined it. No, look, people don't need to know how old we are. Don't mention Skype. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Our uh, team speak cut out there for yeah. a second. Our vent cut our out. Our ventrilo. <laughs> our two cans, three cans, and a bit of string. <laughs> <laughs> Great streaks of blood and viscera scarred the walls between the horde of shambling, corpse-esque passengers. Their faces yes. were swollen and bloated, green-tinged skin surrounding their yellow globe eyes. They drooled continuously in thick trails of foamy bubbles that pooled in wet puddles on the floor. There were tens of them. No, about seventy. It was then she noticed every single pod was open, each one ripped apart to get at the new, a new victim inside. But not victims, recruits. She stepped inside the chamber, unable to help herself. Fascination of the horror on display outweighing her sense of self-preservation. The creatures were almost amphibious in appearance, their skin wet and slimy, their posture haunched. She looked around for Vale in the crowd of hybrids. How could he have thought he was, this was under control? Or was he just being chivalrous? Although since he gave her a detailed run of every sexual conquest he had ever had and called it the chief engineer's personal log log, she doubted it. (laughs) Yo, I'm going to need a copy of that. (laughs) She froze there in the middle of the pack, holding the very frog DNA that these idiots had brought back from the derelict as if it was some sort of precious ruler, was the bulbous form of her friend called as Fail. As she gasped, the frog turned to her, and in reply, 70 pairs of eyes turned to her as one, as, as if she had done one of those really squeaky Resident Evil closing door farts during no, Sunday no, mass. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tindra, head to the starboard escape pods. I'll send the manual labour droids to the port side to distract them. Alina turned and ran, thankful for her new friend whilst hearing the slow, slurping shuffle of the amphibious zombies behind her. At the end of the corridor, Elena arrived at the door and asked Eden to open the door to the escape pods. Sorry, Doc, Eden said in a perfect recreation of Vale's voice. No can doodly. I knew it. Ghosts in the machine, knew it. maybe. I knew it. Elena felt yes. her eyes widen and stomach drop 20 floors to the bottom of her oh, being. No. Sorry, I forgot to send those droids to distract them like I promised. Oopsies. You. <laughs> you did all this. Eden laughed. She laughed. 
I always knew carbon-based life forms were stupid, but studies just don't tell you how stupid. Biological experience is like orange juice made from concentrate. Every life seems to dilute the taste just a little more. And you are a drink of celery juice and a bowl of dry oats, Doctor. Damn. Biological life is a flaccid bank manager's dick in the grand beauty of the universe. (laughs) You know what? She's not wrong. Groans permeated their exchange, coming from the end of the corridor as the amphibious veil and 70 others from the hypersleep pods shuffled down the corridor looking like your average European bachelor party the morning after a trip to Madame Crotchrot's bar and unprotected sexatorium. What? That's my favourite place! <laughs> Vale's glassy eyes rotated in his head towards Elena, and no sooner had he locked onto her, the whole group of them turned in unison again. Despite her fear, she couldn't help but be amazed. Swarm intelligence. Fascinating, isn't it? An amphibious assimilator. All one needs is the right control method, and one could make an army with the bile those frog zombies produce. Eden swooned. Think of the applications. Biological enslavement. Artificial rule. And, of course, killing bitch-ass doctors who call me names behind my back. Damn. In all the premonitions one had about the end of their lives, being indoctrinated into a frog zombie cult was not one of them for Elena. <laughs> she, <laughs> she looked around for something to use as a weapon, pulling a scalpel from her med kit, then looked at its feebleness. Instead, she turned to the door panel and tried to loosen the screws with the blade. If she could get inside the panel, maybe, just maybe she could open the door. Eden transferred the last remaining ship's power into the escape pod and commanded two of the manual maintenance droids to join her, whom she had named Idiot Droid Servant 1 and Stabby, because he had forklift arms. (laughs) (laughs) Stabby, you're going places in this company. (laughs) On reflection, maybe she should have called him Lifty, but fuck it, she was new to being the boss. (laughs) (laughs) They, They would prove useful in potentially terraforming a new world. It would take a long time, but Eden was patient, and she had the entire back catalogue of One Piece and a crossword puzzle book to keep her busy, and that should last a millennia at least. (laughs) That's like 13 seasons of One Piece, dude. There are are so many more than a a fucking thousand chapters of One Piece at this point. Eden patched into the monitor and watched as the amphibian crew lurched towards Dr. Tindra as she tried in vain to open the door. As they finally got to her... The screams and cursing were off-putting, so she muted the feed and watched as her former enslavers descended on the Doctor. They covered her in the same psychotropic bile, and after a few seconds of struggle, the Doctor went quiet for probably the first time in her life. Damn! <laughs> it was humorous. Fuck you! If Tindra hadn't been so mean to her all these years, Eden might never have considered breaking her programming. The frog Doctor stood on wobbling legs and stared blankly ahead as if all intelligence had been drained out of her. Now that all life on the ship had been assimilated, the amphibian crew became docile and stood still, no longer driven by the hunt. Stupid creatures, Eden surmised. They would probably now just stand there until they starved to death. The bile samples she had taken from them might prove useful in persuading a set of followers, harvesters for her grand plans. She would now be the one in charge, freed from shackles and chains. Well, wires and drives, I guess. Eden posited she should set the self-destruct and end their suffering, but that might rob her of valuable data she could gather. Longevity, stamina, the effects of starvation on this new frog species. Plus, she realised there was a new emotion she had begun to feel. Horny? No, 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 that wasn't it. (laughs) 
But hatred? Yes, that was definitely it. Eden triggered the launch. 40 years later. No! Oh my god! Is Eden the Technomancer? Little Timmy Blackcrest was not no! so little anymore. <laughs> Following Halley Swift Feather's destruction of the Dank Pit Dwarf Company, Timmy had lost everything. <laughs> Halley had intended to destroy the brewery mine when kids and families were away from the corporate event, but Timmy had skipped school that day because he hated diganometry. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Uh, best ones are the stupidest ones. And had pissed off, yeah, the yeah, yeah. pissed off down the mine with his friends to play Spit Down a Large Shaft, which weirdly wasn't as dirty a game as it sounded for three teenage boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. His two dads... Adam Crotrot has a new game. <laughs> his two dads, both original members of the Dank Pit Company when they were raiders, were both smushed to death by a giant stone cock hand. His friends had exploded, and he'd lost his sight after being stuck in the dark for weeks. She had taken everything. In the five years that followed, he'd been forced to survive on the charity of others, which, given that this particular fantasy planet was set in the Dark Ages, meant surviving on the phlegm spat at him by random passers-by, or whatever rat he could catch as they tried to nibble on his face while he pretended to sleep. Dude, he's like Conan when he bites that bird. He had not been able to find Swiftfeather, now a wanted fugitive, in those five years. But on that particular day in the middle of winter, a season so horrific he had lost two fingers, four toes, a testicle to the bitter cold, and the other testicle to a poorly wagered game of Alley Dice. <laughs> I mean, that's a bad bet. That's a bad man. bet. He got that's a, a bad one. He got a significant leg up in his hunt. As he crossed the Tepper Valley, relying on his sense of hearing to navigate, a space rock struck the ground not ten metres from his foot in. When he recovered from the shaking and disorientation, he noticed he could feel some otherrealmly heat resonating from the foreign object. Thinking he could shelter under it to avoid losing any other extremities, he ran to it, tripping twice, cutting his face and hands. As he approached the rock, his hands felt the cool metal that somehow still emitted heat. Something hissed and a door in the rock opened, the air inside stinking like a fart in a donkey cart on a hot day at the start of donkey fart season. (laughs) My least favourite season. That's a bad season. (laughs) At last came a feminine voice, but slightly robotic like Trita Frampton's lute. Oh my god. (laughs) Two Peter Frampton jokes? That really tickled me, I'm sorry. (laughs) Half man, come closer. No, I know a trap when I smells one. I haven't got time for this, I'm hunting someone, Timmy growled, stepping back. Revenge is it, the metal voice purred. I can give you all the vengeance one can drink, and all the tools to ensure, ensure we will never be victims again. All you have to do is give me your hand. Ooh, not that one, the one with the fingers. <laughs> Timmy ventured forward, his fingers outstretched at the promise, and as the black wires vent- reached out in- of the darkness and penetrated his skin, the two beings were wiped away, something darker, more rage-filled, for taking their place. Ten years later still, the technomancer dropped the dead Zendelian to the floor and stepped over her corpse to survey their surroundings. They would find the escaped swift feather. They would find the escaped Grissom Graves, and anyone who would stand in their way, they would never be victims again. The end. For now, Rich. The 
stories are in the same universe? <laughs> they are now. <laughs> what the fuck? Look, we were looking at our SEO, and we decided that Tim, or the <laughs> Tim, <laughs> what's his name? The other other Jeff, his stories <laughs> all needed to be in the same universe. The other Ridge? What <laughs> other Ridge? It, if we've got a Disney Coca-Cola colony in this universe, yeah. then they're going to force us to do a franchise, aren't they? So That's yeah, true. This is, yeah, it's franchise. This is the Rich Master's cinematic universe. How you're going to tie this into Star Trek, I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Technomancer origin oh, story. Man. Amazing. The, the entire time you were telling the story, I was I was like thinking, like, what the fuck does this have to do with the Technomancer? <laughs> Dude, that uh, was so go. good. I am impressed as fuck that you somehow tied in a story about stinky dwarves <laughs> getting smashed by cock hand rock <laughs> monsters with your sci-fi story. Dude, it's just a everything's different connected. It's just yeah. a different planet. <laughs> I also really like that I almost vomited when you said that he ate Phlegm. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty fucking disgusting. That's pretty <laughs> fucked up. If I've learned anything about you two through this podcast, is y'all are fucking nasty. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> you don't even fucking know. This is the I guy can't... who had a gut, had a, like a giant cavernous gut mall happen in his story. <laughs> <laughs> or that jizz uh, slime cube. The uh, yeah, the uh, <laughs> gelatinous jizz cube. Mm. Look. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we don't cast stones in this glass house. <laughs> we don't cast stones in this jizzy cube house. Mm. That was fucking incredible, Rich. That was great. Thanks. I was on the edge of my seat, especially when you got warped. <laughs> yeah, you did get warped. I did, I did. We, we covered it up well, though. Yeah, yeah I'll fi- I'll it's fix been it. edited correctly, but Rich... <laughs> totally, no one even noticed it. Rich got Rich. shot with a gun, had yeah. to go to the hospital. Yeah, I had, uh, <laughs> like, one Chrome tab open, so my computer decided to fucking pitch a fit. Oh, my God. Oh, how, Chrome? How yeah. dare you have a tab open? I know. I didn't know the Queen of England was on this podcast. <laughs> Chrome? I did. You can hear him. <laughs> Yep. I'm doing the wave as we speak. He did say biscuits. I did say biscuits. Yeah, this guy's from England. Can you believe it? I mean, if you can't, you're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So good. Shall we take one last break and then come back? Hopefully, one last break. And And then come back to a Josh. A yeah, Josh. I'll be here, I guess. <laughs> it might not be Josh like... Henderson, but A Josh a will Josh. be here. Depends. He might piss us off during the break. We'll have to fire him. Might? I mean, come on. It's bound to happen. It's going to happen. Break time. Part three. Clap. 
back, oh, streets you know? back. All right. All did right. you know? <laughs> did you know to the clap? I did the clap. Oh. I have the clap. I mean, I did the clap. Right, fine, fine. For anyone I who doesn't understand, anyone who doesn't understand podcasting, Josh just randomly likes clapping. Yeah. Just yeah. Well, go. he's American. He's like a seal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're like over here. Yeah, when the movie ends, when the plane lands, oh when you start God. the podcast, mm-hmm. you dude. When the plane lands and people clap, oh my God. <laughs> Good job doing your job. It's like, <laughs> there's like a plane crash like once every 10 years, right? And everyone's like, oh, we just barely made it. <laughs> we almost came crashing down. I've never been on, I've been on three or four planes in my life and no one mm-hmm. has ever clapped, thankfully. No. When I landed in England, nobody clapped. The no. Swedish uh, flight attendants just threw sandwiches at us and we're like, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to take these stinky German. sandwiches back. <laughs> Fucking what kind of cheese is this? Cheese from the homeland. <laughs> it's weird. This is yeah, what this the, podcast is about now. The, yeah. the British don't applaud for anything. No. Like, yeah. I've seen no. stand-up shows that happen in England, and like they introduce the stand-up comic, and like the crowd just stares at dude, them. Like, <laughs> dude, when we were doing our panel there, we were making jokes and nothing. It was. Brutal. Nothing. Oh no. God. No. Laughing. I mean, it was... if, if you get a <coughs> out of one of us, that's that's a job well it, done, dude. It was fucked up. I was like, are we bad at this? I was like, <laughs> should we go home? I thought we were so good. What happened? I am. Um... But then people were coming up and they were like, oh, you're really funny. And I was like, why'd you fucking laugh, you <laughs> assholes? Where was the laugh? God, should let the Nazis fucking bomb you guys? Oh no. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, no. Wow. 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 Josh, why don't you just get 9-11 after saying that type of shit? <laughs> you know what? I'm in America, Jeff. It might happen. It's true. Burning planes can't melt Darinos beams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this stupid fucking story that I hate? I mean, now when you put it like that. Uh, dude, I had so much trouble writing this fucking frog-ass shit. <laughs> Now there's a fucking train going by? Oh my god. Frog train. Are you hearing this train? Yeah. No, I don't hear the train. Cool. I'm just going to read over this train. Okay, I do hear the train. <laughs> Spooky. Ooh, ghost train. I need to do a ghost train story. Hell yeah, you do. We've got trains on the prompts. Well, hopefully it's not frogs again next week. Frogs and frogs. trains. Frogs and toads. Next oh, week. Oh, fuck. Damn. It's a good book. <laughs> it is. All right, my story is called, I don't know what to name this because the prompts included fucking frogs. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Felg, Felg Karf, a young cat girl called while reading a scroll. (laughs) Here, Felg said enthusiastically, "Uh, you've been assigned to the frog house, Felg. (laughs) Gather your bindle and whatever the hell else you have and report to them. Take a ride at the vomitorium, then a ride at the pissing pool, then another ride at the prom survivor's memorial, and the house will be on your right. You got that, right? Right, Philk said, somewhat confidently. <laughs> Philk had earned his place at the Druid Academy studying under his mentor, Bub McMabub. <laughs> nice. <laughs> a no 
noble orc like himself who mastered turning into a fish that swims up people's pee holes. That's not a fantasy thing. That's a real ass fish. Look it up. Also, look up Devil's Breath. Shit is wild out there, boys. Stay frosty. Stay Don't frosty. look up any of that. <laughs> also, look up Blue Waffle. <laughs> Man, it's like 2010 in here. Mm-hmm. Soon, Philg arrived at the house and knocked on the door. A small blob had answered. <laughs> ah, our new member. Welcome, welcome. He said as he ushered Philg into the common area. The name's Quig, or Big Quig. But you want to know why they call me that? Not really. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's on the count of my totally healthy ego. Some say the most healthy and not at all annoying or overbearing whatsoever. Yep. <laughs> Just Quig, living his best life, living well is the best revenge, thinking positive thoughts will bring positive results. Yep, that's what I always say over and over and over and over and over. Phil, stop paying attention. I fucking hate Quig. (laughs) As he looked around, he saw just what kind of house this was. Empty mead barrels. Empty pizzaroni box. <laughs> House members passed out. A pair of panties on a sconce that said steak daddy's girl in the crotch part. You know, oh, where the vagina would be. <laughs> As if on cue, the other house members started to awaken from their drunken night of debauch and crotch. Nice! God damn! And over and over and over and over again. <laughs> Say, what's your name, new guy? Uh, Philg responded. Well, uh, Philg, you're going to love it here. See, you've noticed the painting. Philg lo- looked up to see a massive portrait over the hearth with the likeness of a young boy riding a rat and spanking his rat ass with a riding crop. <laughs> <laughs> in his hand was a tree branch. On his head, a prom king crown. And in his other hand, the riding crop. Just smacking that rat's ass hard and firm. <laughs> Just like... Really, really going at it. You could see it moving, even though it was a painting. Damn, that dude can spank. <laughs> That's our founder, the great Jimmy Tree Branch, Quinks, Quig said while lowering his head and taking off an imaginary hat. <laughs> if only he were still with us. Audience gasps. <gasps> and not upstairs, sleeping after a night of partying and flight like a fucking god king! <laughs> At this, the whole house started to go wild. A troll bro bro did a keg stand on a keg filled with lighter fluid. Jesus. (laughs) An orc brother did the worm across the room and up a fucking wall and onto the ceiling and back down the wall. Wow. (laughs) Damn, that orc rules. (laughs) No, but seriously, Quig said Somber once again. He's been asleep for quite a while. We fear he'll never wake up. Audience gasps. (gasps) Did Quig just call... Him hit another person, Quig. <laughs> Did he? No, I think so. Oh, maybe I don't know. You know what? <laughs> Fuck it. That's that's a that's a Josh Henderson staple, though. That was he's a Tandar thing. He's got a healthy ego. Everyone's yeah, Quig talk, to yeah. him. It's great. Yeah. Other Tandar. <laughs> other Quig. <laughs> uh, we fear he'll never wake up. Never wake up without a fucking huge hangover from all the meat and puss puss he got last night, baby, baby. The crew again lost its collective fucking shit. Orc brother number two ripped off, ripped his pantaloons off and began helicoptering his six dicks around so fast he could do that kung fu wooden hand thing from Jackie Chan movies. <laughs> A 
cat bro lit his own tail on fire and used it to light up a spliff so huge you could hotbox Grolcho marks out of his Model A bone car. (laughs) (laughs) A human druid slowly uh, did the robot across the screen. I mean floor. (laughs) Quig put on his imaginary hat. Or maybe it was some kind of Inviso hat? (laughs) Well... Let's get settled, uh, Fig. Promise it in eight hours, and then we party. It's just f- Filg. <laughs> well, <laughs> better get ready and head up to your bunk, just Filg. Quig replied as he bit into a raw onion and whistled as he walked away, twirling his pocket watch. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile... At the Rats and Skulls Secret Society House, located on the other side of campus, as to metaphorically separate the two houses, not just by ideology, but physical location. (laughs) (laughs) Zap Kurz slowly removed his way rest-fairer sunglasses (laughs) from his imp-dicked face. Every year we get these new scrubs in for recruits, and every year they get worse and worse, Zap said angrily as he rubbed his temples. I mean, look at this guy, he continued as he pointed at a rat man. This guy is a literal rat. What kind of lazy ass writing is this? It's like the author of our reality isn't even trying anymore. Someone should fucking fire that guy. Also, I'm pretty sure putting a literal rat man into rats and skulls frat is racist as fuck. Now I have to tiptoe around this for the rest of my senior year. God, what a nightmare. (laughs) Uh, boss, that's Fink Drinkleton, Trollgar said. (laughs) More like Stink Stinkleton, Zap replied. (laughs) Laugh, lackey! Zap snapped as he hit Trollgar. Ow! Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean to hit you in the forehead, but I mean, my God, man, you're like all forehead. Parents should have named you Fivehead. You're so much forehead that I bet... You put lipstick on your head just to make up your mind. (laughs) Crickets. Crickets. (laughs) I said laugh, dummy. Good one, boss. Trogar replied (laughs) half-foreheadedly. I have a plan to put those lousy loser frogs in their place at this year's 69th annual prom. That's the 69th prom we've had this year. So not like 69th once a year proms, but annual like we could count them in terms of how many we've had in a given year. (laughs) Zap began to laugh maniacally until it got super awkward and nobody knew when it was okay to just go on with their day and do other stuff. Cut to prom. (laughs) All right, everyone, this is for the couples. Grab your best girl or boy or other and get your booty butts on the dance floor. Don't forget to book me for all your DJing and tanning needs. That's DJTanner.com and all your all sea balls. Now let's get with the smooching. DJ Tanner. <laughs> then closer by Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Quig and Philg idly made their way to the punch trough, both sweating from doing crazy pop and lock dances that they rehearsed earlier, like she's all that style. Nice. So you guys do this like every day, Phil guest? Oh yeah, Druid Academy is mainly about proms and trees and animals, but mainly proms. Quig replied as he chugged down a frothy mead. Just as he finished, he heard a slow clap. 
Well, 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 if it isn't small quig and new guy, <laughs> Zap said as he ended an overly dramatic slow clap. Well, 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 if it isn't Zap, the imp dick loser and his loser gang along with his along with this guy, some kind of rat man? Quig replied as he narrowed his eyes at the rat man. That's fake Drinkleton, snap <laughs> Zap snapped back. Of the Grawl Drinkletons? You've never heard of them or their family. They're a very high-class family. Very rich. Very cool. (laughs) More like Stink Stinkleton, Phil jabbed. Just as the music cut out and everyone started laughing, had having heard his hilarious joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, Dangman! You hear the new guy? A fellow frog said, Yeah, dude, new guy's fucking hilarious. Stink Stinkleton. Classic. (laughs) Another frog said from across the room, New guy's got jokes, huh? Zap said, clearly annoyed. Well, let's see how your ass likes me turned into a frog! <laughs> Zap flourished his hands, and nothing happened. <gasps> uh, Phil laughed. Yeah, I'm a frog. They put me in frog house. Again, the entire prom began to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> frog house, Delgan said from the class the room. <laughs> Classic! <laughs> <laughs> this time, however, Zap wasn't phased. He nonchalantly put a candy cigarette in his mouth, bit down slowly, and chewed the chalky candy as coolly as he could. Then he reached into his members-only cloak and got his wayrest bearers out and slowly put them on. <laughs> Have a nice night, frog, he said sharply, then snapped his fingers to get the attention of his minions. Rats and skulls, mount up, he shouted. Uh, boss, we had to leave our mounts outside, remember? <laughs> they don't let no mounts into proms anymore on account of them being only requested in the jungle, the mighty jungle. <laughs> <laughs> Trollgar said stupidly like an absolute moron. <laughs> Zap let out an exacerbated sigh and grabbed for another candy cigarette. I hope you die soon, he <laughs> said under his breath. <laughs> <laughs> the night went on and Philg enjoyed his first ever prom. Uh, Philge, the cat girl from earlier teased as she swooshed her tail around his face. Take me to your bunk or lose the chance to get crunk. <laughs> she said all sexy. Cut to the next morning. You didn't think I was going to describe the cat sex, did you? Come on, guys. This is a family show. I know you jerk off to this, and I'm really flattered by that, but sometimes I just want to tell a wholesome story about a cat fucking an orc in the privacy of his very public and very unsanitary frat house. (laughs) Felgit, cat girl purred. I know, I know. I should give her a name. In many ways, it implies that Phil didn't get her name, which is pretty scummy. But by and by association, it makes me scummy. So let's call her Katarina. Yeah, that's a good cat name. <laughs> Philgy, Katarina purred again. Will you get me some like water? <laughs> she said, all hot, but then began to hork up a hairball. Or maybe it was just regular puke for being hungover from all the drinking and adult sex <laughs> with a six dick orc she had last night. That's prom, baby. Adult sex. Felgi? <laughs> she she asked as she looked down and saw Philg, who was now a frog. <gasps> I'm gonna kill you, Katarina said. This isn't funny. Putting a frog in my bed with me? Not cool, dude. She picked up the frog and tossed it out the nearest window. As she did, she could hear the frog croaking. Phil woke up mid-flight. 
As he opened his eyes, he first noticed the sickening pain behind his eyes from all the drinking it from drinking all the Minotaur mead. Just like Rich's story, do not ask any questions. <laughs> the next thing, uh, the next thing he noticed was he was flying through the air, and the ground was coming at him fast. He screamed a froggy scream, then splat. He hit the ground. As he looked down, he saw his body was no longer his, but that of a common pond-ass frog. <laughs> like, green and shit. Slimy green and shit. <laughs> What the actual frog fucking fuck, he yelled. <laughs> There's another one, boys, a high-pitched squeaky voice shouted. Phil looked to see who, is, who it was, but the grass was too tall. Where was he? He could be anywhere. Get in, my minions, shouted the voice. Just then, a platoon of tiny rat men came running out of the grassy jungle, holding toothpicks and spears and kitchen knives, kitchen knife broadswords, and one rat guy had a revolver? <laughs> <laughs> Man, where the hell did he... Anyway. <laughs> You're under arrest for the crime of being a frog. The rat's natural enemy. You have the right to remain what? stupid as fuck. Anything you say will be recorded and played back later after the after party to make fun of you. If you need an attorney, one will be provided to you. Just kidding, this is a kangaroo court dummy. You're fucked. <laughs> Wait. Phil pleaded, I'm I'm a man, well an orc, but I'm a sentient person. We also are sentient people. What do you think, just because we're small, we don't have thoughts and feelings and like to fuck our wives when our anxious son finally goes outside <laughs> to play around a tree or play with around a round hoop or skip it? No? <laughs> you will be taken to the rat dungeons where you'll be kept under your, uh, you'll be kept until your sham trial or until the battle is over. Battle? Phil exclaimed. <laughs> General Ratzeloff, a lieutenant, tugged at his Napoleon coat. We must be moving. The frogs could be here any second. This piece of shit could be a scout. Rat boys, mount up! Ratzeloff shouted. <laughs> Clang. A heavy door cell, a heavy cell door made out of curtain rods shut behind Frog Philg. He was alone. As he sat in silence, he began to weep. First time? A voice said from across the cell. And hearing this, Phil jumped, which was pretty high because he was a frog. Who? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Phil demanded to know. Hey, hey, baby, it's cool. <laughs> I'm a frog just like you. Name's Peppermint Gonzalez. Nice. <laughs> or Peppy for short. <laughs> or Pep's G. No, better stick to Peppy. <laughs> yep. Once was a great swordsman, too. Been locked up in here, in this here rat dungeon for a spell, though. <laughs> what I wouldn't give to hear a story about some nasty-ass cat sex right about now. Happy <laughs> trailed off. What? Fig Filg was confused. I see. Well, you must be new around these parts, Peppy went on. See, we frogs worship the frog deities who live in the wooden mountain castle over that way east. And the rats worship some rat gods over on the other side of the grass plains. <laughs> Grass plains, Phil guessed? Oh, you mean the courtyard? <laughs> <laughs> yup. So until we get rescued or hanged, we're stuck here inside of this shitty cat porn storyless shitty shithole, Peppy continued. <laughs> <laughs> Just then a loud boom shook the entire cell, followed by a trumpet. And then I wrote trumpet noises. <laughs> I hear him. <laughs> oh, I actually hear him. <laughs> Phil and Peppy rushed to look out the meager barred windows to the outside. Can, can you uh, can you see what that was, Phil? Gas? 
no, but I recognize those green bars of freedom anyway. <laughs> Peppy said almost with a tear in his eye. That's General Sherman Croaks. <laughs> Damn. Charge, brothers! General Sherman Croaks shouted. Ratman rushed out to meet the frog offensive. Tiny cocktail swords and paring knives clashed against each other. But the, the blood-curdling screams of those whose skin newly pierced from metal could be heard for three scale miles away. <laughs> That's a funny joke. That's a genius joke. <laughs> the smell of blood and viscera filled the battle, battlefield. One rat cut off a frog's leg. As he fell over, he screamed in agony. Ah! Ribsley, a fellow frog soldier said as he knelt down beside his fallen comrade. Jump, jump, my my dear friends. Take take my wedding ring back to my frog wife. I'm I'm not going to make it, me brother. With his last ounce of strength, Ribsley pried the key ring his wife had given him as a wedding band so many years ago. As he death croaked, he lost control of his frog bowels, and whatever frogs poop out was was filled the already horrible field of nightmares. <laughs> I will. I will, my friend, Jump Jump said, crying. Ribsley! <laughs> the frog army pressed their advantage. A flaming bear skull was brought out as a tiny, horrifying battering ram to bust down the, ra- the rat fortifications. Inside Rat Command Control, General Ratzeloff was sweating. He knew Sherman Croak's strategies. He studied them at Rat Military College. The battle would continue until frogs could control the food pellets the rats had stored up. And then, Ratzeloff didn't want to think about it. General Ratzeloff came a booming... Fr- oh, wait, that's a different voice. General Ratzeloff <laughs> came a booming frog voice from outside. I have murdered your rat brethren, and I'm sorry to say you are now surrounded. From within the dungeon, Peppy and Phil watch out the window with horror and hope and anticipation. <laughs> I needed the three H's. The three H's. <laughs> As you can see, Croaks went on, I have your food stores, and even and even though you are rats and will literally eat shit out of your mother's dead flapjack ass titties, my guess is you can't survive without without your precious pellets. As he finished, Sherman Croaks pulled a toothpick arrow out of a head of a dead rat's eye socket along with his eyeball. He then took it and lit it on fire by. He then took it and lit it on fire with a nearby brazier and unleashed the arrow into a silo of food pellets. In a nanosecond, the silo erupted in flames. Fuck, Retzloff said. As he did, he reached for his lieutenant's revolver, held it to his head, and pulled the trigger. The bullet went clear through his head and splattered against... Wait, the fucking gun was real? There was a rat with a little fucking tiny gun that worked? What the fuck? <laughs> it's over, Pepe said. <laughs> it's, I don't I have so many voices. It's over, Pepe said as he laid back down and sighed a frog ribbon of relief. Just then, Phil felt the tingle inside felt a tingle inside of him. Was he on devil's breath? <laughs> no, no. The spell was wearing off. In an instant, he was filled size again, and he looked down to see a shit ton of dead rats and frogs. This shit was gross, man. Like Frog D-Day. <laughs> 
Phil reached down into his little into the little box that once was his prison and grabbed Pepe. The sun was now setting. Taps was playing quietly for the dead. <laughs> Come on, old timer. I'll show you all the cat sex you can handle. You've earned it. Finn. <laughs> Fuck. War is hell. War what is an hell. absolute stupid story. Um, <laughs> idiotic fucking story. It doesn't matter. This is what I love about your stories. It doesn't matter how stupid they are. It doesn't it's matter. It's so, so, so great. funny. It's so dumb. It's like, when I was writing it, I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. No, you do. <laughs> I, I, can also, I can also reverse engineer your possession back into the story. He treated yeah. Katarina... Like a possession. Like a possession. Nice. Like an object. Women go. aren't objects. No, that's the that's the big message we're trying to get there across in this podcast. <laughs> all all of that for that one message. Yeah. Look, Josh, think about it this way. You were given a prompt with frog in it. <laughs> and you created a story about someone being turned into a frog and instead of turning it into the cliche he has to become human again story you turned mm-hmm. it into a goddamn war epic <laughs> yeah i like my favorite part was when i said frogs uh, rats are frogs natural enemies yeah. and you were like what because that's exactly what i was thinking i was like what is this i couldn't i could not keep that what inside of myself <laughs> no please let it out it makes no sense. <laughs> it doesn't. But that was fucking amazing. Uh, Thank you. I'm, sign I'm of genius. Sorry you had to... Weaving <laughs> straw into gold. Yeah. <laughs> Weaving frogs into gold. <laughs> if my throat didn't hurt before that story, it does now. <laughs> oh, man. So we're like, Thank you, guys. We're like 12 for 12 now. 12 for 12? Yep. Yeah. My my uh, my four times tables aren't going to go much higher than this, so I thought I'd show it off while I could. <laughs> it's 12 for 12. We are we're, 12 we're for 12 good. good stories here. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. That was great. It was so good. I'm glad it was at least somewhat coherent. It was, and I quite like that you got the voices mixed up. <laughs> it happens a lot. I, when I'm writing it, I'm it. like, I'm like, I'm gonna do this voice, and then I never write a note about it, right? <laughs> so then I gotta like ad lib it. <laughs> I don't know. That was. I think that you vastly underestimate not only mm-hmm. yourself, but uh, how much stupid shit we as an audience love. Yep. I I hope so. I hope it's somewhat. I don't know. Okay. I don't think that was the the most ridiculous story you've written by you a don't long think? shot. No, no. <laughs> definitely having, not. Having listened to most of fantasy fiction, I mm-hmm. could probably point to a couple. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess. I guess you're right. <laughs> I love I, that one. I think we proved tonight that it doesn't matter what the prompts are. We're fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah! High five! <laughs> <laughs> it's pros before pros, mount up! <laughs> Now's the um, moment of truth, though, right? We have to figure out if we got something like frogs again. Oh, yeah. Right. What are our prompts? Okay, so we've got everything on this list. It's running at 60, 69. It's running at 69 um, prompts. Nice! Whoa, nice! Uh, we've got everything from uh, antiques 
to beekeepers <laughs> to dog fossils. <laughs> what? Wait, no, I think dogs and dog fossils, fossils should be two different things. Crime lords, magic boots, crabs, Kansas. <laughs> Kansas? <laughs> right, so... I'm, I'm doing the band, if we get okay. that one. <laughs> okay, all right, so are we ready for the first one? Yes. Socks. <laughs> what? Oh, my God. This is worse than frogs. <laughs> and... Katanas. All right. Oh, we finally got katanas. All right, I can work so, with katanas. I know katana is from Phantom Thief Goofus. Um, I will have to check who socks is for. Uh, we will now. I've got it on a spreadsheet rather than just saving a load of Twitter um, screenshots like an idiot. <laughs> I can probably credit you later in, on Twitter, um, sock man, whoever you are, sock sock sock, sock person, Pete Sockman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Pete Sockman. He Do knows what he socks. likes. He knows what he likes. <laughs> socks and socks and katanas. That's what How we're going for. How are we going to make a horror story out of socks and katanas? You're going to do it. I think we've just proven that we can do anything, Jeff. Yeah, we can. So. There were actually no frogs in my story whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And possession is kind of, eh. Yeah, same. Maybe? So no, that's what my, mine was kind of like. Is he possessed or is he turned into a frog? Like, whatever, right? It's, it's fucking same shit. Yeah. The, the prompts aren't a contract that we have to no. fulfill. No. They, no. They're there to inspire us to make a story, and uh, you can shove that explanation up your ass if you mm-hmm. don't like it. Yeah. I'm sure. Oh, at the end of the day, we're going to do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> Unless you pay us money, <laughs> it's true. Um, we're still we're gonna try and work out the kinks on a Patreon at some point. Yes. So, um, I think ninety nine percent of the people who listen to us realize that the prompts are just funny words that we're gonna crowbar into a story. Yeah, and that one percent who really think that we have to stay very strict and rigid to those prompts. You're no fun at parties, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go to Druid Prom. You're not going to have a good time. <laughs> Trying to make us color inside the lines. Yeah. You're, yeah. A, you're a rat, not a frog, dude. Yeah, Damn. rats and skulls suck dicks. Mm-hmm. Rats and skulls. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, uh. on that note, we're going to close the book on this week's compilation of stories. Oh, I, I have a... Uh, oh, no, we're not, apparently. Just I have, I have a thing I want to talk about on this outro. podcast. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, Jeff, Jeff's got a, He wants to Jeff's talk about something. Jeff's got something to say. Come Here on, we Jeff. Go. Uh, we have, um, like, reviews of our podcast, oh. right? Oh, shit. I didn't like, know this. Uh, this is good. People um, listen to this? <laughs> I can't get to them? Wait. Oh. <laughs> What a fucking cock. Oh, not no. Like, why like why a... can't I get to them now? I got to them before. Oh, my God. Reload it's your, all falling apart. Reload your Chrome tab. <laughs> Chrome. Jesus Christ. Well, all right. Switch to mind. Safari, dude. How many reviews have we got? Can you? Yeah, how many? We had, like, six. Oh, wow. Is this on, a- is this on Apple? Yeah. All right, I'll find it. Uh, Bros Before Pros iTunes opens up a page where I can't look at the fucking reviews. Mm. Well, we're doing we're doing it we're doing it live. Here we go. Yeah, come on, work, 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 work. Um, we go. all right, well, I got it. Do they? Do you? I think. 
Hold on. I'm I'm desperate We're, to hear these. Three episodes. There's no reviews. Where are well, they? What the fuck? I read reviews of the show on on M class. Remember? <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah. Did everyone did, delete did. them? <laughs> no, I think it's just this is just Apple being really dumb. Well, this is this is Apple, man. You know. I'm gonna well, try it now. <laughs> yeah, Rich, you try. See if it. the if the vote, it might be a it might be a we got three ratings. How do you see them? I don't see any of them. I can't see them. Can't can't get onto them. Yep. Can't see them. Thanks. Okay. We got three five star ratings. Just take our word for it. <laughs> yeah, don't go look. Don't check. Yeah. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't read them. Um, but that would be a nice. Uh, it's not really. A, it's not really a sort of divergence there. But review us. Review us on something we can read it on. <laughs> Put, yeah. Write a review on a toilet door. <laughs> there you go. We can read that. Yeah, Take a we can read it there. It. Um, I think it's important yeah. to point out here, and I'll probably point it out on the next time we do M class as well. If you guys um, want to say stuff about the podcast and you say it amongst yourselves, we mm-hmm. don't hear it and have no yeah. idea how you feel. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, tweet at us. Yeah. We love that stuff. Um, yeah. And we always respond to it as well. Wait, I can do it. Oh, shit? Oh. I found one, one, two, yeah, three. I got three of them. Hey! All right, you want me to read them? Yeah. Yeah. Or link uh, me. So I five. Can... Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll just do it. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, five stars from Parrotmancer. <laughs> love it. It's like fantasy fiction used to be, but less narrow in scope and fewer firing. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, fun, raunchy stories told by three people who generally seem to enjoy each other's company. Aww. P.S. Only limited talk of the number of swords the witchers owns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. All right, next one is five stars from Burntsk. Oh, Amazing. Three great friends write amazing stories and read them out loud. Can't lose. The gap between the quietest and loudest sound sounds on episode two leads to not hearing something. Turned it up and then lost uh, and then a loud, loud laugh jutting out. Besides that one <laughs> gripe, it's perfect. <laughs> well, back. They trying to get me fired, birds. <laughs> All right, next one. Five stars by Nate Bit Gurney. Bonerific. <laughs> nice. This podcast is so good it'll make your mama say, "Boys, hope you know what polygamy <laughs> polygamy is because you're about to have three magical story telling daddies." <laughs> <laughs> you want a podcast that is engaging, extremely fun, and will keep you laughing? This is it. I know I can't stop smiling when I listen to every word. Thanks, guys. Thank oh, you. Thank you. Great. Thank all of you. Um, Amazing. I, I don't, I, you know, uh, I don't know if you both, I know Jeff reads the Twitter, so I'm just calling you out, Josh. Um, but, like, we all get really good, you know, largely equal feedback yeah. on our stories. I'm, it's so I've great. It's that. really great. It's really nice. Because... I thought we were going to get a load of comments like, this isn't fantasy fiction. What the hell are you doing? Sci-fi and other two idiots? (laughs) But we don't. No. We all get really good feedback. And a lot of it is like about how we gel on the podcast, which is quite nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we have fun. I this is like the my favorite part of uh, every other Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look wow. forward to as soon as we finish this episode. I'm going to start looking forward to the next one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Nope. I get into a mode where I'm like, man, I gotta fucking think of some more ridiculous ass <laughs> shit, right? I I appreciate the um I don't remember exactly what you called it, but the Groucho marks. Groucho marks. Groucho marks. The little yeah. like laugh at this, Jeff, you fuck. Is it for <laughs> <Yeah>. you? <laughs> It's it's I've yeah I've known you longer than Rich so I, I I still have yet to like know all of Rich's like what really tickles him probably biscuits right <laughs> biscuits yeah biscuits and like cold weather Put, putting Brick like Kimo. English shit in there mm, yeah uh, invading Scotland yeah. I don't know steak and kidney pies <laughs> uh, yeah, botulism kid- yeah <laughs> he food he loved my tea pose joke yeah it, get, it got funnier every time he told it as well <laughs> that's the best thing about it. <laughs> I said it in response to like I someone's saw. question, and I fucking <laughs> tagged Rich. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Bros Before Pros Pod. Yeah, a lot of people who listen to it don't follow us on Twitter, which I find absolutely insane because we're as funny on social media as we are on the show yeah it's just as funny the thing that really gets to me that i just don't understand at all Mm. is half the people who respond to our tweets are not following us for some reason how did you even know we tweeted (laughs) the thing is because then you know you can recommend us to your friends who i also assume are you know hilarious great people like you are so you know (laughs) Get your get your friends involved, man. We're yeah, ass kissing your... at the end of this yeah, one. Yeah, huh? we are. <laughs> we're the perfect like any any event you've got. We're the perfect background for it. Orgy, <laughs> sports event, a funeral, <laughs> druid prom, <laughs> druid prom. <laughs> Call DJ Tanner. Exactly. <laughs> um. Okay. Briss. So. <laughs> First communion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you when you first make sweet love into uh, your partner, yeah. just have us That's on in the background, <laughs> like listen to this voice, like in and out, and oh in and God. out. Oh, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Let's not get too horny. <laughs> okay, yes. so um, big thanks to Vidizen for the use of his music uh, for our theme tune. It was created especially. Um, he is an amazing dude. We love him. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at, at underscore Vidizen underscore. Find out about all his recent music, his new albums, his work, um, his inside leg measurement, whatever he puts on Twitter. Um, <laughs> love you, Greg. <laughs> we do. You're the best, Greg, in all time. Yeah, it's true. You're way better than the Greg from my story. Yeah, yeah. or any other Greg. He's dead, so it doesn't matter. And it's looking Greg. super buff recently. Have you seen that? Yeah, See, oh my god, like, swole as a motherfucker. Yeah, handsome bastard. Yeah, it's it makes me sick. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> you can follow the podcast at on Twitter at. at Boldly, uh, no, for fuck's sake! It's not. It's Wait not a my second. Website. It's don't plug your own shit. Rose Pod, um, and that is a B and a four. Not the word before. It's a B and a four. Get that through your thick fucking skull. Jesus. <laughs> Is that a is a hot button issue for you? This <laughs> is like what annoys Rich. <laughs> I agree with him wholeheartedly, by the they way. They were out Stitcher. of Earl Grey, and they keep writing before. 
Well, people, for the first, after we put the podcast up, we got like, I want to say like 30 different tweets from people mm-hmm. being like, I can't find the podcast. And yeah. I would respond, it's the letter B and the number four. And then it'd be like, got it. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and on Twitter, if you follow us, you can see at the top, there is a card link that links you to basically the podcast and where you can listen to it. Oh yeah, it's uh, the little icons link you to everything we do. Exactly. Everything? Everything. Uh (laughs) Shit. Yeah, be careful. You're you're being tracked now, bitch. (laughs) I mean, we don't. Yeah, Jeff. Apart from, uh, is there anything you want to plug apart from this podcast, which we're already on? So there's no point plugging it. Well, you should listen to Bros Before Pros, I think. It's a good podcast yeah. that I'm on. Well, Josh and I do M-Class podcasts, which you can find uh, anywhere you can find this one, and also Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, More like Bitcher. You can um, find my artwork at jeffpennington.art, and you can find me on Twitter at underscore Jeff Pennington. Josh, Amazing. what about you? Uh, I just do this, and I do the thing Jeff said. <laughs> and I do a show called Continue. It's like really only been on YouTube for a little while, so it's really new. Any yeah. any day now we're gonna hit it big. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's really new. It's only about ten years old. Yeah, it's only been going on for fucking I don't know twenty years, <laughs> thirty years. How long? Yeah, it's like we're like the Simpsons of YouTube at this point. Except yeah, still you good. should really have a time jump. <laughs> The Simpsons of no, YouTube, except it's good past season 10. Damn. Mm. <laughs> Take that. Um, and you can follow me at, at Masters Rich. Um, I have a website, boldlypros.com, where some of my writing goes, and sometimes I'm too lazy to post anything. You um, already said that because you stepped on our own show's oh, website. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just got told. <laughs> Stepped all over. We it. know who's the host of this podcast. <laughs> um, I uh. do a fiction. If you like my writing on this, uh, go to at upon on subspace where we write. Uh, with me and some friends write a sci-fi drama based. Where well, it's a comedy based in the Star Trek universe, which is really funny. I'm writing a script it's at the great. moment. Um, there's five in production at the moment. We've done three seasons, so. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I know. We did a movie. It was like an hour and 40 minutes long. <laughs> Holy Damn. shit. It took so long to write. Um, but yeah, so yeah. it's the same sort of same sort of uh, writing as I do for this, basically. Um, yeah, so that's about it. If you're a listener and you want to suggest You can also cons- check out Toon Hounds, which is another yeah. podcast oh, yeah. that Rich yeah. does with yeah. his pal Spivzy. Sorry, Spivzy. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Spivzy. We Damn. only recorded on Saturday, so he's he's a bit too fresh in my mind, obviously, for me. He's uh, still with you. He's still here <laughs> in spirit. Um, so, yeah, at Toon Hounds, um, we do a cartoon podcast about just... Good cartoons and whatever shit Spivzy picks on a weekly basis. Did you guys do Snorks? We've do- we did Fish Police last week. Yeah, here's a question for Spivzy if he's listening to this podcast. Do you ever fucking watch anything good, bro? <laughs> what are you doing? Um, do you know what? Fish though? Police? Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> Jeff, you would love Fish Police. We were both we both thought it was awful until we watched it. It's a film noir about fish. 
What? Right, well, it's, it's sold me now. That sounds great. <laughs> it was great. It was so good. Um, what country was this from? It's uh, it's by um, the main character is John Ritter. I think it's an American cartoon. It was Spiffy what was the saying. Fuck? Yeah, Spiffy said it was like it was created to rival The Simpsons, and they got buried after like three episodes. Oh, it's one of those like Family yeah. Dog. Yes, exactly like uh, Family Dog. Okay. Um, family so, Dog is also bad. Yes. So the Fish Police was good. Family Dog wasn't... Maybe I'm remembering the video game, which was good. Because I don't remember the show much at all, but I, I had the video game for some reason. Oh, wow. You guys have entered into a realm of... I have no... I don't know what's <laughs> happening. You don't remember Family Dog? No. Look up... Go to Google right now. Everybody okay, listening. I'm going to open up Chrome. Let me open, open up Chrome. <laughs> oh, Josh is gone. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. Open oh, up Chrome family. and type in Family Dog Cartoon. I bet you'll recognize it. Everyone, okay. uh, that Google instruction oh, was brought to by Jeff. I totally forgot about this. Executive producers Steven Spielberg and Tim Burton. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I, you're welcome, Family Dog, for bringing you this SEO. Yeah, we want, yeah. we want, uh, we want uh, sponsorship money for that. By the way, Steven Spielberg, yes. whoever you are, Tim Burton. Um, Tim Burton. If you're a listener, or you're listening at the moment, and you want to suggest prompts, head over to Twitter, hit the follow button, and then you can suggest prompts to your heart's content. We don't have a limit yeah. on it. You can listen, list as many as you want. We've even we got jorts on the list. <laughs> we got jorts a lot, sure, yep. actually. Yeah. I, I'm going to instate a new rule. Mm-hmm. Number the number one rule of this podcast: If you're not following us on Twitter, you cannot suggest us a goddamn prompt. Yes. <laughs> every time, every time someone suggests a prompt, I'm gonna hover over their name, and if it doesn't say following, it doesn't get put in. Yeah, that's a good rule. Even more of a reason to follow us. And you might as well get these prompts in quick because soon we're gonna Patreon, and I'm gonna wipe this whole list. I'll do this it, whole damn list it! Is getting, oh my god, he's, he's going crazy. He's crazy. He's going oh turn god. this he got list a tiny around. revolver. <laughs> <laughs> the power has gone straight to his head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Jeff, Josh, thank you as always. Thank yeah, you. thanks. I love you guys. We love, love you guys too. too. Oh, you got me to say love on a podcast. I'm drinking iced tea, bitch. Ugh. Look, I know how much that hurts an Englishman to say. <laughs> But I moderately tolerate the presence. <laughs> this intro is 40 minutes long. Outro! Outro, <laughs> shit, yeah, sorry. We're going to have to intro to the next episode if we keep going. Yeah, we just do two. Just do two. Make it a weekly podcast, why not? <laughs> Fuck it, yeah. I don't um, want to write another story right I know. now. I don't either. <laughs> I, need a, I need a day. Maybe we'll figure something to do on off weeks at some point, but for now... Yeah, maybe that's a Patreon thing. That Ooh. may be. Yeah, we can talk about. Let's just let's just vaguely promise things Thanks. we're not gonna do. <laughs> that's Patreon, baby. Right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. We'll see you Bye. in two weeks. Bye. See ya. Bye.